Hello, fam. Um, so, yeah, today is going to be our last Only Real Fans podcast for the foreseeable future. I, I wouldn't go so far to call it a series finale, but definitely a, a hiatus for a long time. Yes. I, yeah, we got we have a lot of big, uh, exciting things coming up, and uh, we just got to take the time, dedicate the time to get, to get those up and running, and I think you're going to enjoy them much more than our podcast, and you'll you'll see why when that day comes, or those days come. Yeah, I actually, yeah. Oh, just go ahead, Bray. Oh, I was just going to say thank you, everyone, for, <clears throat> for tuning in and listening to us ramble about movies and interviewing people and whatever else we talked about. Yeah, it was actually really fun, and the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of upset that we're stopping it, because I've always enjoyed just talking shop with you about movies. But I don't think that's going to stop. Me and you, no. we talk about movies all the time. We, I'm, I'm sure we can continue doing our little fan club. We just might not be recording it anymore, because it's just difficult to schedule. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're a production company. We're a film production company, a series production company, you know, commercial music videos like we gotta prioritize that this started as like a way to keep us busy in the pandemic but that's been over for a while and there's a lot of work to be made yep we have to go outside for once yes um i will say not to like give too much information about it but next year we will be rolling out a new sort of project that will be kind of taking on the replacement of this podcast more video uh centric but yep definitely kind of its its spiritual replacement i'd say yeah absolutely very excited for it man actually like that's probably the thing i'm most excited for oh it's such a good idea yeah, yeah it's gonna be a blast yeah the the other one the other huge idea i really want to make happen but that's gonna take a long time this one i'm like i know we can get started in a couple of months so i'm very right. excited exactly um but that being said whoever is listening out there everybody um anybody somebody just just you <laughs> uh thank you so much as brian said and please enjoy this episode of uh, only real fans where we'll talk about our recently released series play it by ear watch it all on youtube it's free I mean, honestly, you change your look every freaking week. So I had like, that. I had I'm pretty. I'm pretty numb. I to had it. that mammoth for what, like a uh, two two months or something. Now I'm going the mustache look again with the sideburns, little '70s action. No, you gotta get the the Lemmy look, where where you're uh, you get the mutton chops. I I that. did that before I before I uh, shaved it. Of course, I got rid of the chin and then. I, <laughs> you scared Dom? You no, scared, no, no, no. I scared Dom because she had no idea I was shaving. So she like came inside. Like I did it really quick in like an hour, and she came inside. She's like like damn it takes you an hour to shave that dude that was all that was like hacking weeds like that was trimming that was really <laughs> trimming like hedges i had to take scissors to it first and then after i took scissors oh, wow. to it i had to use a razor with like a one or two on it and then after that i had to do another one with like a one and then i had like three razors that had sharper and sharper blades and just kept going down and you know bing bingo bango bongo and here we are growing your mustache yeah yeah, still don't want to look. I want to look like Lucas's older brother, who's going through his porn seventies phase. <laughs> then you can have a cameo in uh, season two. <laughs> you actually look very much like a, like a cool, an LA cool guy right now. Yeah, I'm, like I would see you at a cool trendy bro, spot in LA. This has got this this uh, collared shirt has a zipper. I'm wearing workout shorts that are too short and sandals. I mean, I'm ready to walk Venice Boulevard. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know? you're you're hipster chic. Yeah, hipster chic right now, man. That's exactly the look. Changing it up, changing it up. Because hipster chic is very. It kind of has become just like seventies. Like it's very seventies at the moment. Yeah, but I dig yeah. it. I dig it. I'm into the seventies. Mm-hmm. Are we recording? We are yeah, recording. recording. Yeah. So we can really start wherever we want. What do, what do we want to talk about? There's no structures here. Um, I love that you guys have been doing the podcast now for what, like two years, and you're like, three. yeah, it's actually gotten less structured as we've gone on. Like, it's, I mean, it's not it, the it, usual trajectory. If you listen to like most episodes, like if you'd listen to it in order, it starts very a little too structured, and we're like rigid and like don't really know what to say, and then it slowly just gets more and more comfortable the less we organize it and keep it in some 
structure. The more chatty it becomes. Yeah. yeah. I think a good segue is that as Play It By Ear got more intense, we started phoning in these podcasts a little bit more because yeah. <laughs> there was just... So Which is why we're recording this one like three months later than we wanted to, I think. Yeah, because there's just so much. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a film company, right? So not a podcast place. So these were just meant to be for fun. Um, yeah, we're not Barstool. But I mean, I guess what, that we could start there. We could talk about when when the idea for Play Beer started, but then when it started to get really intense. Because like, I feel like every interview I've listened to from all of us or every time we've talked about it, I've always gotten a different response on like when it started. Like, when did it start? You know, because there's like a couple different moments, I think, on that timeline that really impacted, okay, this is something we want to jump on. Does everyone want to talk about like when they think Play It By Ear started? I think I want to start because Simon and I's pot our timeline always differs on this, but I think like, I truly believe that it began in earnest when we like, because for a while, right, we were all meeting up and kind of shooting, shooting around ideas and kind of coming up with short scripts and stuff. But I would say that the project Play by Year in its, in its realized form began when Simon and I started working on the outline that I wrote in a flurry that one time. And so that was like 2020 and around May, May of 2020 is what I've always put on my resume too. And then <laughs> um, like, so like, because that summer, Simon and I, and you guys too, you remember we went on a road trip to try and see my family during the pandemic. And like we were doing scripts from the road. Like I, I specifically remember Dylan, like we talked for one out we talked for one afternoon for like three hours and we were talking about episode three um because brian had just done a really good draft of episode three and we were talking about like how to how to push it and um like it was i remember we were in like minnesota and i just remember talking to you for like three hours in minnesota but so so that is that's like one answer of the question of when did it start start but then there's even previously to that because i have a memory of having a call with dylan and brian the two of you to sort of brainstorm this long distance couple idea it was i think it was pretty far off from having a title or having the title that we settled on yeah no title at that point. just just the idea yeah, I remember having to leave because it was an early morning call and I didn't want to wake up Emily. So I walked down the street to the coffee bean to have this meeting with you guys because Emily wasn't involved in the project. I was like this like, oh, I need to leave and go talk about it so I can let her sleep. It was like a Sunday. So that that is the crazy. Thing Arguably the best decision, by the way, made was like when size like, hey, do you think like Emily can come work on this project, too? Or like, yeah, sounds great. It'd be great to get female perspective on this love story, obviously. <laughs> and if that it also wouldn't be here. Yeah. If, if that, that didn't happen, decision. we wouldn't have made the project. So that was probably the best decision, <laughs> best question and best decision made on the whole journey, I'd say. The parasite overtook the host of Zilling Blinds. <laughs> Way to ask good questions, Simon. <laughs> I think that question was probably preceded by a conversation with Emily and I, where she was like, Hey, like, I want to be on this project. <laughs> so I've been spending like so many hours on the weekend talking to you guys. And I was just like, fuck these wanks. Like I remember I literally just, I like, I used to be like, Simon's doing this circle jerk call. Like I was so mad at you guys for taking away his, like, his like weekends. How do you um, think Catherine feels? <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I totally imagined it. Well, yeah, it, it's it started as like this thing that started to pull in one by one more and more of our creative time and and energy, and then it became like it became the eye of the storm. At, at a certain point, it became the vortex of all of our creative energy. So I wonder for you, you two, what point you remember feeling like, oh, this is like this is legit, this is real, this is something we're going to do, and this is going to be a ton of work. Like, where was that point for both of you? Uh, I'd, prob I'd probably say probably around, like, May 2020, whenever, like, like, actually, probably later than that, actually, like, after the that outline came about, like, from you guys, that, like, when we were actually, like, doing storyboarding and whatnot, I feel like is when, or wait, you know, my timeline's confused. After like, after like we had like six actual like drafts that we were all happy with. Cause like, 
we were doing so much like writing and like ideas and, and whatnot from like since 2019. So like, I just kind of was like, I feel like we're just doing this for fun and just seeing what happens. But then once we got like past like the six scripts are like pretty done, then it felt like, all right, this is happening. This is real. Strap in. I'd say it was pretty much um, when, Emily, when you called me and you gave me the outline. Um, so not that far off in the timeline. Like, I feel like <clears throat> the, like everything that happened before is almost just a way to keep us in practice of writing or keep it in practice of like just pumping out ideas. And like, I, I remember calling, I think either you, Sai, or both you and Brian and just like, I was sitting on the toilet and I was thinking like, we should do a long distance thing. Cause like, that's what we're living right now. Like, or something was like that. Was this in your tiny apartment? This was in my apartment. The door yeah. wouldn't close in the bathroom. No, no. So you're sitting in the, on the toilet with the door. You're open. mistaking, sir. There actually was no door to the bathroom. Cause I was very bohemian. It went with my seventies hipster look. There was no door. Just, just, I wanted to put up beads between the bed and the, the toilet. Cause that's all there was. Uh, that would have been cute. Yeah, no, you, I had a little Bluetooth speaker. This is so off the rails now. I had a little Bluetooth speaker in there in case you had to take a shit so you could like blast whatever you loved so nobody could hear you. And if it really smelled bad, you had to go out of my balcony because apparently I could afford a balcony but no door in my fucking bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember thinking like, oh, we should do a long distance thing. But it was also accompanied with like many other ideas that we were all just pitching. And I feel like everything was just a writing sort of, you know, exercise just keeping us in practice so emily you coming on and taking really the charge during COVID, like a year and a half later which was a great time at least for me because i was getting paid and not working which was great and i had a lot of time to dedicate to something but coming in with like okay here's the like inception of the idea but now here's like an outline of like how i'd structure it i remember talking on the phone for a good like hour, hour and a half. And you're telling me like, this is the episodes, like this is what will happen. And all I pitched that was different really from like the structure of the show to like now is, can we change a couple titles to Dutch? Like Miss You Mean It became Miss You Mean It. And that was like all that, that was really the difference in even the names of the episodes. The names of the episodes even stayed the same. I just don't know if we even had yeah. a title for the show yet. I know that Brian, you're the one no. that came out <laughs> with the show title eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I don't remember when that happened. No. I think it was, it was just literally on, like, yeah. it was whenever someone was like, what do we want to call this thing? And then like a week later, I came back with an idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like it was, it's funny because the, the outline for the show came at me all in a big jumble. Like it was like really finished by the time I started writing it. It was pretty insane, but it was because I was so inspired by Simon's short script that was like the practice for you guys. Like you guys were shooting around short scripts about a long distance couple and his idea of a long distance couple, like fumbling a phone sex session to me was so true, was so resonant. Um, was that you that said? I, I always thought that was Emily. Yeah. I thought that was Emily's script. No, that's your side. Oh, wow. That was Simon's script. Yeah. And I read it and I was like, this script is great. This is so good. I really want... I want to rewrite it. I want to do it again. And I want to like put it into a story. And that's when we, and that's kind of when all the ideas came out. And then Simon and I fleshed out the outline that I presented to you was actually a combination of like, I presented it to Simon first and we ran with it. And then we sent like sent it to you guys. Well, it's funny because I read, I went back around the time that we released the show season one i went back and tried to find and did find the original script sort of prototype beta of episode one that i had written i think the date on it on the cover page was something like you know october 2019 november 2019 so a very long time ago and read through it and was like oh this is so this is so fine like you know what i mean it was compared to what obviously the whole show became but even the first episode i was like this is this was just barely the start like if you put that side by side with our final episode one script or the episode in itself the episode we made is so much better and so much more complex than the original thing that i think was maybe only like eight pages or something like that but so so i think that's a that's that was that was satisfying to me to go back and read this thing that I wrote that sort of started everything and be like, this is kind of bad. And and it's so cool to watch it, to see now the full evolution and growth of it from 
this very sort of simple place that it started at. Dude, it was it, that script was our demo tape. I would exactly honestly, right. exactly. If, right. I would honestly say, like, I remember enjoying parts of everybody's writing in that like first couple months, but I do remember that one standing out to be like our favorite one. Like, I think University yeah. was like, that's a great, great script. I did. Uh, I, I'm happy that that stayed in there till the end. You know, maybe not so much for my performance because I'm still getting questions about that. But in general, I really enjoy that that whole concept stayed in there, especially as like our opening episode. You know, uh, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say to Simon's question too. I know he didn't ask me, but um, <laughs> I actually have a funny story about like when I realized it would be a butt ton of work. We were writing episode five at my parents' house in the summer of 2020. And I remember we were taking a shower together. And Simon, like, we were talking about how much work it was because we came off of a long writing session, like seven hours. And um, was it really that long? Yeah, it was a long, like, it was a long day. <laughs> and, like, we, like, he, he said something along the lines of, like, yeah this project will probably take us the next five years and I'm ready to commit to that. Are you? And I remember I was like five years. Like, like I freaked it wasn't out. far I was off. Like, I was like, no, I don't want to do five years. Like I was like, I can't do five years. I had to, you know, like I got to move on, man. And it, I, it's not the right way to think about a project because it is true. If you can have that thought at the start of any major project, but it's probably a bad way to think about it because you no just get so that. freaked out I'm thinking so about freaked. that big, especially, of a you gotta, you gotta yeah. take it one step at a time. Especially because when you get older, that was five years just fly so fast. Like it doesn't even feel like five years, uh, that we really, like, it's going to be five years in this fall that we actually talked about the concept. I have, I actually still have a folder with all our original scripts and they're dating back to like October, November time of 2018, which is crazy. So 2018? No, no, 2019. No, 2019. Nope, here, I have a world apart. The last time it was edited, January 5th, 2019. And we, I, we did this when I first moved to Holland. That's when I lived in that shitty little apartment in 2018, September to March. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Long. I was right. So, Simon was right. He just said it yeah. the wrong time. Long time. Yeah. yeah. Five years. I mean, and that just okay, goes but quick. For me, yeah, but for me, it's only been like, for me, I would say that it's only been four, three ish. I agree. I feel like, I mean, look, we could say five years because it sounds huge. Um, but the reality is that we kind of took a long break from it for a while and like wanted to do some other stuff. And I think that break was actually really important. Like some of that was working on Drama Mama. Some of that was honing in on our own skills as like, you know, post-production and you guys getting more into like production and like the daily grind of just Hollywood and Brian, you learning more about just like management in general and marketing that all that stuff helped us, I think, in the long run. But uh, the actual idea five years ago, the actual work of it, I think you're right, Em, is like three years, which is, you know, that's still a long time. Yeah, so a long time. Chunk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I really think that my favorite part about the whole experience is seeing absolute growth in the four of us in terms of partnership, being able to be quite honest and you know, you know, tell each other what we like and don't like, and be sometimes heated, but come back around full circle, understanding it's for everyone has the same intention. They just want it to be the best they can. Like nobody's coming at it because to spite anybody. It's really just because we care about this thing that we all created but also seeing that we clearly just thrived in certain roles, you know, like each, like, and really like appreciating how that came about. I think the most, the clearest really like early on, and I've always told you this is like your ability to write and storytell is just very unique. So like the outline just was like the first part of like, wow, this is great. Like, and actually it's great. Cause like, I love the idea. I want to be a part of it. I'm going to be a creator, but I didn't have to do all that work. That's amazing. Thank you for doing it. Right. <laughs> um, Producer life. Yeah. But the same thing comes with like, Brian, your ability to manage a set and manage like a crew and like make sure that everything is done on time and like make sure that all those I's are dotted and all those T's are checked and everyone's gotten their money and everything is like set up and ready to go for the day we get on. That was like invaluable in this like process because we had to travel across the world. Like if anything went wrong, we'd be screwed. If anything was a day yeah. late, like Simon and me be gone and we would be screwed on that. So just your ability to produce and manage an entire project like of this scale is huge and i'd say like sai your ability to direct and like and obviously your ability to direct too 
but like you have to act. So half of your energy is like spent also thinking about your character. And Simon's job is to like oversee everything that's on page, making sure it's making sense on screen. And then just me in post, right? Like trying my best to like make sure everything was well, finished I off. I think what I would say for yours is being able to be in the present and in the future at the same time that I, I really always noticed and was impressed by, I think throughout the whole process, but especially I think that becomes clear when you're on set and when you, Dylan, were acting and being able to be completely in the moment and then as soon as, and, and be performing as Lucas. And then as soon as, you know, we called cut, you were thinking about like, Okay, so this is what this is what I'm gonna have to do in three hours as the DIT. This is what I'm gonna have to do in three months as the editor. This and 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 like making decisions about what we were gonna do next, about what you were gonna do next as an actor, based on these other uh like personas that you were able to like look ahead and pop yourself into. Cause because we all, I mean, well, they were like, well, I know I'm gonna have to do this at some point too. I, I'm doing this now, but I have to be this person later on. So like how do I get from where I am now to that point where I have to be that person? Yeah, for sure. I would argue that uh, those are great qualities in an actor, even though you don't want to act again. You really got that natural talent. Yeah, I don't know. I, I read some reviews where I think that Emily and Zisco really took the cake in terms of like the this you know the silver screen. Everybody's a critic. Yeah. Well, it was fu- it was a fun experience, but I really think that like. Each one of us, like you're saying, we had to wear a lot of hats. And so like having to think or just plan out like how we're going to be able to do that and dedicate enough energy so that you're not like dropping on one, you know, you're not dropping one spinning plate. Like you're not like, fuck, my acting's crap, but I'm going to edit the shit out of it. Right. Like maybe just cut Lucas out. Who gives a crap like that type of thing? <laughs> um, but it was really a, I thought it was really great to see us kind of grow as a team that really complemented each other in a lot of ways, um, but also just took on all those different sort of like pillars that make a project, like, and make sure that we were responsible for those, that you could, like, we could trust each other to do those things and make sure that it came out good. Uh, that was really, that was an awesome thing to see, you know? And I think that's never, I never want to work on a project differently. I want to have people that are really, even if we're not doing those specific things, I would, I would want people with your guys' talent and knowledge overseeing those things because, I can trust you guys to make sure it's going to be good then, you know? Yeah. That does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge weight off to just know that you can trust someone. And the only way really, you know, you can feel safe in trusting someone creatively and professionally is to, to have the experience of them showing up and doing a good job. You know what I mean? So we had to, we, and you have to, in any creative relationship, just like try it and move forward and probably have some points where it feels dicey to and but then over time the accumulation of you know everybody keeps showing up everybody keeps working hard and you start to see results even if it's just like drafts of scripts and the stories coming together or like oh we were able to raise this money you know what i mean i think if we're if we're i was i was wanting wanting to ask the question of for all of us of when at which point in the process did you feel the most uncertain that the project was actually going to come together? We were going to get to the finish line. Um, But the opposite of that would be like (laughs) seeing us all be able to pull off a successful crowdfunding campaign and look at the number and be like, Oh, okay. We actually, we have money so we can make something like that's a clear equation. And that was because everyone kind of did their part and we trusted each other to your point dylan so yeah that's i am also super proud of that for all of us for this whole project it's a testament to that but were there moments when uh it felt like it was all gonna crumble and fall apart 100 percent. yes yes (laughs) well honestly i felt that way at the start of the crowdfunding campaign because we had such a high goal of like 25k like the ones that launched i like felt like i had nervous shits because oh my god if this goes if this goes bad, we're screwed. But we did a we all came together and just did a fantastic job of making a compelling uh and engaging, you know, campaign that, that got people really invested without really like not knowing too much about the story or like really what, what we were specifically going to do with it. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people I I would like send them the campaign or like they donate or whatever. I'd send them like the magazine cover thing, they'd be hyped. Like, oh, I can't wait for this now. I 
Yeah, I remember it was actually after the crowdfunding campaign when I had like a true doubt. I had a freak out and um, we were on the call actually because we were mm -hmm. deciding to push out the shoot by like six months, the right. first shoot in Amsterdam. And I just remember I was like, it's never going to happen if we don't do it. We're just gonna we're just gonna have to return all this money, you know. It's <laughs> never gonna happen, and I don't know why. Like because throughout all of the crowdfunding campaign, I wasn't actually that worried. Like Simon would come up to me every day, and he would be like, "What? What if we don't make it?" And I was like, "We'll make it. Like we'll make it, or because we have to." Like I just remember I kept saying that to him. I was like, "We'll make it because there is no other choice. There we must absolutely make it," and. um well, I remember, I remember that kind of being like, uh, not really the, the argument, um, but more of like to help, um, like dial you back from like that doubt that you were just talking about. We had to be like, well, we have the money from the crowdfunding campaign. Like it's happening. It doesn't need to be right now, but it's happening. I feel like it was all of the, like all of the energy I had spent in the month prior, like hyping up everybody being like, we have to make it. So we'll make it. We just will make it. And then when like right after that, right after we got the money and then it was kicked out in another six months, I was like, this is it. This is it. You know, like if it's not the crowdfunding. Well, I'm curious if you, if you and Brian or Dylan and you and Brian have that, this same sort of thing. Cause Emily and I also have this where it's like, we're fine as long as only one of us is freaking out at a time because the other one yeah. can pull them back and you just kind of take turns. That's why yep. That's yep. why I never want to do anything without a partner. Like, and I talked, I talked to Brian about this a lot. Like I'm so fucking lucky to have Brian. Like Brian is the most level-headed kind of just like even keel dude. So whenever I'm going on rants or freaking out or being like, this is fucked. Like he's like, it's going to be fine, man. Or it won't, you know? It's very much ones and zeros to mr riley like it's gonna work or but it's Brian, not do you do you have the moment and then there's you're Dylan. freaking out <laughs> do you do you get to be this do you get to be scared and dylan helps you out of it i want that for you uh i i have i i can't think off the top of my head when it happened play it by ear was but in general i, I think that happens like I've, I've had moments though yeah anytime Wait. like i yeah, I've I've had them when it's like something's really getting like feels like it's getting like it's actually like disastrous as opposed to like yeah this is shitty but like it'll be fine. It ge uh, generally it's tipped in the scales like eighty twenty like it's an eighty to eighty percent me I'm freaking out twenty percent Brian's freaking out sort of thing. Drama but please. I think like I think I agree with M like the crowdfunding freaked me out a little bit the setup for it. Because I remember, like, if we were going to get into a little bit of the times where we had some rocky roads or just moments where we weren't in sync and shit, like, that crowdfunding was stressful because everything that we had to do was now redirected towards the crowdfunding. Like, we had, like, watched seminars and watched people talk about it, and basically they said, if you don't put the dedication into this that you will put into your project, you're not going to make the money. Like, this is your first project. And that felt crazy to me. Like, it was so hard to do. And at the time... I was just like getting pounded at work too, like working uh, LA hours and Jeez. and um, not like that, you weird. <laughs> like, no, I was getting, I was just working LA hours and working uh, uh, Amsterdam hours and doing the crowdfunding thing. So I remember that freaking me out. But once it ran, like once we had done all that prep, like as much as you can do, and then it ran, I felt again very like binary. Like it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. Like there's nothing I can freak out about right now because there's no in between. Like, you know, just wait mm -hmm. and see if we get the money, we do it. And if we don't get the money, then we don't. That's simple. Um, so that wasn't hard. It was, Emma, I agree with you, the scheduling stuff kind of like yeah. freaked me out a little bit because I remember that was a huge, like maybe week or two of like discussions between the four of us because we pushed out LA. We were going to do LA in August and we were like, we cannot mm -hmm. do that. We're like, I, I cannot get out of here in August. Like, it's just not going to happen. We won't have well, time. I think it was also like the, just the general like film COVID uh, restrictions were, were still like very high at the time where it's like, it, yep. it just wouldn't make sense to do this right now. I'm in, in hindsight, so happy we took the extra time because eventually the argument became mm. like, we have the money, like we can do this. The only thing that's now putting pressure on us is to feel like we have to do it now. And what freaks me out the most is not about having to give money back because, like, I know we're going to make it. But 
the what freaked me out was like, are we going to make something that the people who donated can watch and be like, that was good. Um, I didn't yeah. want to, you know, like the biggest response that I got like was like, dude, that was like ten times like higher caliber than Dilettantes. I'm like, yeah, that was the point, you know. Like I it wasn't. <laughs> I don't want people thinking that that was the level they were investing in. I wanted them to come in thinking like we we actually created something that they're like, holy shit, that was pretty impressive. And I think we did do that, so I'm happy we took the extra time. Absolutely, well, we've gotten so many uh, compliments from people, both like critics and just like friends and family, saying how like it doesn't look like it should be on YouTube type of thing or like how, how like very cinematic the series overall looks and feels. And that's just, it's nice to hear that. That is really nice to hear that. That's definitely an in-grid compliment, I'd say. That's like uh, her ability behind the camera is just... Well, yeah, but we could have not done that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hired the right cinematographer and we hired the right editors. We could have fought, yeah. we could have fought back about getting the cinematic camera. We could have just told her, look, it's going to be a DSLR and that's the end of it, okay? <laughs> Well, that's actually, I was surprised that no one mentioned that as like points where they thought perhaps that this wouldn't work because that was definitely a point when we were doing budgeting and stuff. And, and, and Dylan, I remember you called us on a Monday and you were like, we don't have the money. Like we don't have it. We don't, we don't like, I was like, we have $27,000. What do you mean? We don't have the money. And you were like, we don't have it. We just don't have it. Like, and with no I, explanation i i like like i remember at first it was kind of it was the craziest thing because i was like dylan's crazy like he's so like i was like he's so anxious he's fine he's fine and and then i remember like you talked to simon for an hour and then simon came to me and he, were, and he was like dylan's right the numbers they're not there and then i was like <laughs> No, there's no, and I like checked them, and it was well, yeah. yeah. There's nothing. And this is so vain of me to say, but there's nothing I like hearing more than like I'm right because I actually don't hear it that often. And like that was one of the few moments, like in pre-production, I felt a little validation because I remember saying like, "We are eight grand over where we should be," or something like that. And you guys are like, "It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine." And then like two days later, I get a call back, and you guys are like we are way over budget. This is something's wrong here. And I'm like, I know it's not fun. I'm trying to tell you because I got the first quote for that camera and it was like ridiculous. It was like 15,000 euros. And I was like, this is half of our budget. Like, that's insane. I can't do that. You know, yeah. I don't remember how that actually worked out. If anyone remembers and wants to enlighten me. Well, wasn't it just, we just, uh, she wanted a different camera, but then we, we found a similar version or like a lower tier like cinema camera from from re like the same same company just like different model that she was she was good to use and happened to be a lot cheaper also actually it should be noted that ingrid sanchez our director of photography did a fantastic job when we called her and basically told her the same news the we same news that we were like hey like we, we have to go lower like there there needs to be cuts for this and this reason and and she just uh, she found work. the camera for sure. She yeah, she just made it work. And like she 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 hustled to do that in a way that like the the project is better for having her. The project is lucky to have That's a hundred percent. I would also want to say like it wasn't just the four of us, you know, being really good partners and collaborators and just working through that. That's the other thing. Like we could go back for a bit and talk about those early days of just like having moments at each other's throat too because that's true like you have to work through that stuff in order to be able to work together it's successes yeah come from all those hatred moments right yeah and like maybe it was helpful that we had had those moments between the four of us we'd kind of gotten through them just in the writing phase by the time we started to bring other people on so then like you know we could have the fights with the other members of our team, but at least the four of us weren't like you can, then you have to get through that phase of growing pains of discomfort of figuring out what the dynamics going to be with all the new people you bring on with, with Ingrid, with Virginia, with all the people we brought on, but at least we had established a strong kind of foundation at that point. So we could work things through between us and then come back to these people and say like okay we can give you what you need in this department but we also we also have to not have this because that's 100 percent overall project it needs yeah i mean you're right that the fact that we were planning a shoot 
that we knew was going to expend a lot of our resources and it was only half of the scripts was a pretty terrifying uh proposition it's hard to keep track and i remember of yeah 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 but and also the fact that like we were we were all coming to you dylan and there was a lot on you to like have it all kind of like ready to go when we got there i mean yeah, we were like, yeah. another reason it's on the ground dylan another Thanks. another reason why i think we were really lucky to push that out a little further was because my relationship with dom grew which just coincidentally lined up perfectly with this project because i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to do any of it without her like she was there every day with me every day just looking at locations talking to people like finding other like solutions to issues helping me redesign like the tom basement so it could be like a semblance of an apartment because we would pay like almost zero money for that place versus like an airbnb um so that's what i wanted to say is like yeah it was really good that we got all those arguments out early because at some point we become like a really kind of strong group and i always admire that from like parents like you know as a kid you're kind of like well dad said this and mom said that and they're like yeah but we're the parents and we always side together sort of thing like i feel like that's the testament of really great collaborators like i don't have that spiteful bone like no matter what like they are also my collaborators they're also the creators of this project like whatever they say goes in these situations like i will side with them but we were so lucky to have awesome like people like ingrid who we could be honest with and just like she found solutions to make it work in her favor and our favor and people who really wanted to like be a part of the project and not just like yeah, we had we had Virginia and Ingrid like the, just the oh. fact that we were able to get two core members who were experienced working in both Europe and LA. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. How would we have how would we have done it otherwise? And I mean, Dom truly was so invaluable to us. Like, I mean, all of our collaborators, but like, like I just think about all the people who really showed up for us and went above, above and above and beyond, above and beyond, like just the fact that you know we were able to make this project that looks as good as it does on such a shoestring budget and yeah. like it, it it still blows my mind and i think it speaks to honestly i think it also kind of speaks to the the time in life when we were making it because we were looking for people who were eager to make something bored by the pandemic and therefore like giving giving themselves like when people just gave themselves to us in a way that like I still I'm just so grateful for and I like you know Simon and I were saying that after we were done shooting we were so glad because as wonderful as the experience was we were excited to not have to ask our friends for Favorites, so much yeah. anymore oh yeah and like I remember like Simon and I started driving people to the airport like all hey, the time the because we were like <laughs> anybody need an airport ride <laughs> like like anyone asked for an airport ride and we were like we got you no worry you need help moving we got you like <laughs> like you know it was because because we we owe it you know we owe it to them and I still feel that yeah. way so Damon needs a ride to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the other thing that made Amsterdam kind of hard in general, just like kind of setting all that stuff up, was we just didn't have a proof of concept from anybody yet. You know, like you could look at our past work as filmmakers, but our past work was pretty scarce. So, you know, anybody working with us kind of had to just take it on faith. We knew like what we were doing. Again, thank God we just like built our skills with companies and like productions to like build that up a little bit before going into it. But you're working with like Ingrid and I don't really even remember Ingrid's reel at the time. Cause like it had the six, the circumstance was so perfect. It was like so serendipitous that we could get someone who was living that and like just graduated as a cinematographer that it didn't even matter to me. I was almost willing to just take the chance. So it's really hard to trust that before you see their work. And then once we got to like LA, it's easier cause you're doing it for the second time, but you also already know what to expect from these people. Like, you know, you can trust them more because you're not in that, you're not in that like holy shit first day you know what i mean feeling anymore which i mean yeah but ingrid's reel was sick i remember yeah. when we brought her on i was like we are lucky we we are blessed <laughs> it felt like the that vince mcmahon meme of like his face getting more and more excited as things get listed and was like <laughs> we have a cinematographer who's interested she works in la and amsterdam and is, was dating someone uh living in amsterdam her reel's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I apologize, Ingrid. I was like, whoa. 
I apologize for not remembering your reel. I'm sure it was amazing. It's probably better now, though. Wink. Uh, anyways. Um, <laughs> um, Aria Mira, baby. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like, yeah, we, we have to mention just how great we and lucky we were to get that team. And, like, the small contribution is, thank God, Emily and Simon can drive them to the airports and you guys put that credit <laughs> list together. It's, like, the small thing we I, can yeah. do. To say thank you mm. for all those those hard work. I really people. believe in artistic karma. Also, you know what I mean. Like oh, I, I sure. also am always down to donate twenty dollars to people's crowdfunding campaigns now, and it makes me feel so good every time because I'm like, I know how great it is to be on the other end of this. You know what I, I mean? Know, every twenty dollars mm -hmm. we got, I remember I was like, yeah, it's twenty bucks. You know what I mean? And I would like oh, hit yeah. each person up and be like. So, I was, and so I was getting, I was getting all the emails when someone donated. So every time my phone let up, I just like fist bump. How, uh, how similar was that to like when the view counters started going for the trailer? Is like the same emotion of just like, oh, fifty thousand, oh, fifty one thousand, like just like nine views, ten yeah, views. Like, but seriously, I would wake up every morning and like go and check and be like, oh my god, another seven hundred views. That's amazing. Like just like that feeling of that increase was very. That that reminded me oh, a lot of yeah. the money coming in. Simon and I had to like we actually made like we had a serious conversation about how often we would check the YouTube because we knew we would get like addicted to it we are like once mm -hmm. the series is out how often do we check the YouTube and I think we decided on like once a day and that was it like we were like we were allowed one a day no more no less because otherwise I would just watch it like I'd be like counting right up yeah I'd check every morning when it was like really yeah. going off me I still check it every morning. Yeah, how's it looking? How's it... Where are we at right now? Yeah. Let's check. How's it looking, Brad? Let's do a live check. Uh, let's find out. I have let's I have our out. least viewed episode up in the background for the, for the video, so if anybody listening or watching the podcast wants to go and check out episode five, that'd be great. Uh, episode one is at 1,600 views. All right. Nice. Episode two is almost at 1,100. It's at 1,080. Uh, episode three is 24 views away from hitting the 1,000 mark. Then the first three will be in the 1K club. <laughs> and let's see. Uh, episode four is 391. Five is 327. And then six is 400. Nice. So people, people, you started the damn show. Let's see how it ends. I still, <laughs> I still, I still want to talk about like the moments that were really struggle, struggle bus for us as a as a collaboration. Just like really difficult to to you know work together. But now that we're just talking about the episodes, can everyone just tell me their favorite? Because I don't think we've ever talked about that either. I actually don't think I know for the three of you. Oh really? Yeah. My favorite episode is episode six. Obviously, I think I'm the same. I think, yeah, I it's think... our best episode. I mean, wait, there, it's so funny. I don't know if like... I could say it's our best episode, but I, I just, it's I couldn't good. pick anything else than the finale as my favorite. I think, it's yeah, finale, and like, I think six is the best episode. Wow, so we're all in agreement that six is the best. Interesting. If... I between uh, for me, for me, it's between four and six. I like four a lot. I think four is a great episode. Four, four is my personal favorite just because i really enjoyed editing that episode i had a lot of fun with it i just really like the music choice like if i'm not thinking about story i'm just thinking about just overall i just like the music choices in there like i really like the opening and then like the laptop closing and then the shots of amsterdam and la and like that that soft girl song coming in it's just so perfect to me and them getting ready at the same time is so fun and it kind of like it makes me feel those butterflies like the first time you're going out with someone um particularly who you also know you're kind of like you're allowed to see but it's a little bit risky because like you're also seeing someone else like all those sort of like ooh, this is hot and different type of thing and i think that episode came out great like every every scene in that episode is just awesome but yeah six is you know i feel like i feel like we had moments for each episode whether it was in the writing or the shooting or the editing process where we became concerned oh this episode might not work like i remember having conversations with all of us throughout about like we would talk about which episode we thought was the weakest or which we were the most scared about there was a point where it was episode one there was a point where it was episode two three four five all, all the way through i don't know if we ever had those doubts as much for six but also if you don't if everything doesn't work up to six then six isn't gonna land it's then just it doesn't work loaded yeah. and self-indulgent yeah. so like i think there was a moment that we had for each episode that we were scared 
is this working or is this going to work? But that made us then kind of fixate on that episode more for a certain period of time. If we knew there was one in the script phase that was the weakest, we were like, okay, we really need to like, we really need to hone in on this. And, and same thing in production, all right, we really need to make sure that this works because it's connecting this and this. Same thing in editing, we could watch them all through and be like, actually this one's less good than the others. So like, let's take like two weeks to just work on this one. And it and kind of balanced out. Editing is such a, like, I definitely think of the editing process and I know that Brian and Dylan were so angry at me for this, but I definitely think it is such a creative process in the sense that you can really make something that isn't there. If you didn't capture, if you didn't capture something straightforwardly, the way that you wanted, the way that you intended, you can you can refragment the pieces of your story to come up with something new. And and that was always really such an interesting concept to me because I didn't have to do it um, in practice. <laughs> but, uh, because like, I could like pull from the ether of what we had shot, knowing what we had shot, and then like, okay, like how can I Frankenstein this together to capture this emotion that's currently missing or like that emotion that's currently missing. And like, I remember everyone everyone including Simon was very begrudging when I would be like guys let's blue sky let's blue sky in post and everyone was like this is post Emily and I was like <laughs> I'll do what I want I feel like and, I feel like yeah. like and at the moment it's it can get sometimes frustrating because I think that people just don't realize how much work goes into the editing and we talked a little bit about this side like you know you when you put together that credits like you could see how much you have to go through my only change from editing now on with people is that i'm going to make them go and watch all the dailies like you have to if i'm going to go through every clip and cut together everything for you then like i expect also that you go through every clip and like really know what's available and not available because if you don't then you start sometimes asking things that are just not possible right like you you phantom remember a shot or a thing that's just not there but i really think in hindsight, it was so good that we had you guys as head writers, um, but also you guys as like in the editing room all the time with us because I really feel like those two like positions are so similar in a lot of ways. Like a writer is just like creating story with words and an editor is just creating story with clips. Like, and you have the ability as an editor to also just like you're saying, Emily, create new themes, create new emotions, create new beats, or just like breathing room to like amplify something that a character's feeling. And so being able to be the creators of the show, but also branching off into those two respected roles, I think is what strengthened that story for a lot of people, especially in a 10 minute, you know, 15 minute time frame, because you have to get so much off in such a short amount of time. So it's really hard for me to even pick like the weakest link, because I feel like all of them are just so tight. And like, it's because we were just like together on all those, all those moments, the writing until the editing. We saw it through from... From soup to nuts. But you guys... Soup to nuts? Soup to you nuts. haven't heard that phrase before? No. No. Um, no. It's like soup at the beginning of a meal, like is the first course to like the little dessert nuts at the end. I think that, that nuts dessert, is a dessert nuts. That, I don't know. Yeah, that, that... I've never actually thought about the phrase before, but yeah, I think that's what it means. I can't say I've ever had <laughs> dessert like, nuts before. Like I would understand before. like soup to sweets or like salad to sweets. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That has a better ring to it. Soup to nuts. At a certain point, everyone was eating nuts for dessert, and that's when this phrase came about. I don't know. Those were the days. What you want me to say? <laughs> we went balls to the best on this one, guys. <laughs> but I mean, I was thinking about that as well in terms of like the editing for you guys. Like you guys edited together episode two, the ending of it. Like I always forget. Like that ending is like you guys taking your words and your clips and then just doing the same thing, right? Just like cutting it in a way that you envisioned it. And Brian and I doing some passes on episodes, I think three and four, like just being a part of that together is really cool. It, it affirms my belief that like editors and writers are actually very close in, in terms of like what they do for the project. Um, some would say the most important parts of the project, possibly. Um, Agreed. I, like I would agree with that, actually. Yeah. yeah. You guys were... Or at least those are the most important phases, maybe, yeah. Of, well, yeah. of the project. You need a script. And you need it finished. So yeah, I mean, you look at it that way. It was like editors come up with, or sorry, uh, writers come up with like the inception of the idea, like just like blank page to story. But editors take all the pieces that are like individually made and they create that thing. Like you know, no other department gives you the film. It's the editor that takes all those pieces and builds you like the house. Is what I'd say. 
Um, that going off that though, what would you say is your least favorite episode? Like just one that you're like, ah, that's kind of our weakest link. Maybe people could skip it. No, don't skip any of them. <laughs> uh, none, then. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I want to redact that question from the podcast. Uh, <laughs> don't skip any, but like one that you're like. I mean, I think you guys all know which one's for me. I've talked to you individually about it before. Episode seven. Yeah, episode seven. She's dog shit. Yeah, that's a skip. Yeah, that was a that was in our that was our Godfather three. Episode seven was our Godfather. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> Not. I think honestly, I think there are moments from each episode that watching them now. Um, I, I don't regret, but I do wish like I could change a little bit. No, I think that's a good point. Cause yeah. I was actually thinking about this as when you work on something for so long and you go through all of the phases of the process, like we've been talking about the things that even the things that start at the ideas that start at the beginning that you're so psyched about that you're like, this is the most brilliant, so most unique most original coolest thing ever oh i'm so excited it's gonna look so good by the end it's like almost impossible not to like kind of roll your eyes a little bit at everything you've done because you've just sat with it for so long yeah. and you've grown and you feel like there's other things now that you want to do and you're like well i wouldn't do this again but because that's only because you did it the first time and you can still sort of i feel like that's kind of the phase i'm in now i'm kind of in between that and like the love and nostalgia for the pro for like the product the final product of what it is but there's also this thing of like oh good i'm done with it now i don't have to like watch it anymore even though i can recognize that it is objectively very good i almost just have to like put it on a shelf yeah i feel you know like I mean? I mean you forget that you've you're living with the concepts of this like we said for three years like we know the beats the stories the characters the like the surprises, the you know what they do, what uh, what they say. So by the time that it comes out, there's no surprise left, and you've heard it so many times. Especially in our like when you're doing indie, like post takes forever. It's just the longest part of the entire process. Like it was, how long did that take us? Like a year and a half to do everything properly, almost. Um, yep. So we yep. see it over and over yep. and over again. So it's oh. it's yeah, it's just hard to imagine the audience seeing it for the first time. So like they're new oh, yeah. to the concepts that we're already kind of sick of. And that's, I think it's well said from you guys. Like you roll your eyes at it. Cause you're just like, uh, I don't want to, uh, this is I, silly. Well, I, I watched, um, I watched all the episodes with, with Catherine. Um, so like, and whenever she reacted to something, I'd be like, what, you didn't see that come? <laughs> <laughs> so old, this is old to me. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it's interesting too. Cause like, when I was younger, I used to have stress dreams about um, being in the hallway of my high school and just sitting in the hallway and missing class. Like I would just sit outside the door of my class for an hour and then like class would be dismissed and I'd be like, I missed my test. <laughs> and, and recently that's been like switched out with me on play by ear set, literally sitting like sitting behind like back behind everyone running around and like then Simon coming up to me and being like the day's over let's go home <laughs> and like I'm like I missed the shoot <laughs> and I, I just think it's funny that you know this like this project has now become so habitual to me that it's actually become the source of my subconscious terror <laughs> <laughs> um you know that's, not that any that's part terrifying. of the project was <laughs> I, I know, but yeah. like, you know, like I also, I loved high school. I mean, I didn't love high school, but I loved school and I loved this project. And I think it's just when you care about something so much and you want to see it through to the best of your ability, like it really does take root in you in a way that goes beyond judgment. Like I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I don't have a least favorite episode because I, I physically can't say that I'm not like incredibly impressed by every single one yeah i agree there there are moments agreed there's just moments there's probably not like a least favorite episode it also because it's just so difficult for me to separate out episodes it's like one continuous thing that it's just not i don't you know it's, it's hard to say like one's better than the other you can't really finish you can't really not finish the whole thing apparently other people can please <laughs> go finish it but uh, yeah, like for me i have to watch it through you know 
Yeah, well, mm-hmm. also, I didn't even think about this until recently when we were when we were actually going to Holly Shorts. Um, we were talking about the projects we've done basically since, yeah, since 2018, essentially when we graduated. And I, I always think about this as a, as a pro as one project, play it by ear, one project, one season. Essentially it's a feature film in length, but we split it into episodes. But Emily said when we were driving, she was like, we were like, well, technically we've made seven short films in the last four or five, five years. And I was like, oh yeah, this is, we made, six short films and some for some reason putting it in that perspective as opposed to one project we made six short films like you look at all of our peers independent filmmakers it's hard to make a short film it takes a long time it takes a lot of effort it takes a lot of resources and that was like a new switch in my head of like holy shit we made six short films in x span of time like if someone else told me that i would be amazed (laughs) i never would have thought about that but yeah well, someone told me recently, they were like, you should always try and make, you should make a, you should try and make a project every year. And at first I was like, Emily, you're behind. Like <laughs> you you've only made one project in four years. And I was like, hold on, hold on. One project, six episodes, you know, like six episodes in what we said, three to five years. That's more than an episode. We're playing year. with house money. We can take, and, and we can take Karen twins. You guys have made a a handful of other short films in that time too. We've made one, but you know that also we could also include a feature in that time. I mean, you guys have been yeah. y'all have been really fucking busy. I'm trying. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that it's difficult to think about how long this took versus how much work it was. Uh, like I'm always judging it based off is it more challenging than the last thing we did? Like, that's more to me important, like more important to me actually than, you know, having it be just another project every year. But like looking at it like that, yeah, like six projects in three years, that's actually two shorts a year. That's like fantastic. And the difficulty at which we did it just elevates that for me to be like, you know what, now no other project seems scary because we had to plan you know, intercontinental shoots, like lining stuff up, finding locations in two different countries. Like it's, I I sound like a broken record because I've talked about it so often, but that's like so difficult. Like if anything, when I look back at it now, if I, if, if I had a Simon that told me this will take five years and this is what you have to do, I might've just like dropped it at the moment, you know, cause it would have freaked me out. Like it was, it was done because we were just taking it in steps, but looking back on it, it's like such a huge thing to to be able to say that we finished then now nothing really looks scary you know to me it's like mm-hmm. oh like a 10 minute fucking film in a car cool let's do it it's making me reflect on how grateful again i am to you guys too just because like we've been working together now for three two five years and that's like that's rare that that kind of ability like we're in each other's lives now. You know what I mean? And of course we were oh, before, seriously. but we're like, we're not just friends. We're we're blood brothers. We would all make it in each other's <laughs> Wikipedia pages at this point. Yeah. If, 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 if any of us have a Wikipedia page, there would be a hyperlink for each of our names to our Wikipedia page in that person's Spouses. Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> or we're all oh, yeah. married. I think I think that I think the first I think the first step would be we're all under the same Wikipedia page. Like we just like <laughs> don't have our own. It's just like one thing. Just all the the, the article title is just all of our names. We need yeah. a cool name out. like the Brat Pack. Yeah. What's what's gonna be our name? I don't know. We have to the fat pack. Have, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Only no, none of us are fat. That can't work. We'll no, FAP, F A P. Oh. Oh, Fap Zone, the Fap Pack. That's whole. The Fap the Fap Zone. That's perfect. That's great. Uh, nice, um, nice, nice, nice. This right, is sponsored I, by Hamster.com. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have been able to get here without our sponsorships. From- Going.net. Yeah, <laughs> Hamster.com and Fap Zone. Um, you guys. Okay, I have one. Oh, fine. Fun thing. Go for oh, it. sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, I was gonna to say. No, 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 no. I thought you guys had to go, so I'm glad for one more fun thing. One more fun thing to close off the podcast. To close off Play It By Ear Forever. We'll never talk again. This is the last moment. Just kidding. Um, who can come up, who can pull the best line from the show to be like the closer of this podcast? That's like the end of the podcast. What's the best line from the show to, to, to close the podcast? Emily, you have one? 
I don't have one yet. Oh, uh, wait, hold on. Let me think. I don't know. Something about hands. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe Zoe. <laughs> That's it. That's a good one. Something, something, something there. Young Yokovovos. What? <laughs> I forgot how young you are. Oh. If you want me to quit so bad, you should have left me. 